This morning, God's Word comes to us from Romans chapter 3. Romans 3. We're going to begin our reading at verse 19 and then read through verse 26. Romans 3, beginning at verse 19. What we hear now is God's Word. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight since through the law comes knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. I invite you to turn to the back of your Trinity Psalter hymnals to page 863 in the back section. Page 863. This morning we're going to read Article 23 of the Belgic Confession. Reading from page 863, Article 23, entitled, The Justification of Sinners. We believe that our blessedness lies in the forgiveness of our sins because of Jesus Christ, and that in it our righteousness before God is contained, as David and Paul teach us when they declare that man blessed to whom God grants righteousness apart from works. And the same apostle says that we are justified freely or by grace through redemption in Jesus Christ. And therefore, we cling to this foundation, which is firm forever, giving all glory to God, humbling ourselves and recognizing ourselves as we are, not claiming a thing for ourselves or our merits and leaning and resting only on the obedience of Christ crucified, which is ours when we believe in him. That is enough to cover, cover all our sins and to make us confident, freeing the conscience from fear, dread, and terror of God's approach without doing what our first father Adam did, who trembled as he tried to cover himself with fig leaves. In fact, if we had to appear before God relying, no matter how little, on ourselves or some other creature, then alas, we would be swallowed up. 
Therefore, everyone must say with David, Lord, do not enter into judgment with your servants, for before you no living person shall be justified. This is our confession of faith. Well, we are in that beautiful section of the Belgic Confession, which deals with the glory of our salvation. In many ways, this section of the confession is like uh, a sermon series we had about a year ago when we talked about the facets of salvation, looking, looking at our, our salvation like a diamond and the various facets that we see there. Uh, this morning, we see the beautiful facet, the beautiful part of our salvation in the word justification. Justification. And, and, and it is this fundamental, basic truth that we need to embrace and we need to defend. Uh, understanding properly the justification uh, of, of, of us in Christ is really, really important. Now when I say that, I kind of feel like, like my seminary professors, who they would give us a lecture and they'd say, now this is really, really important. And the next day they'd give us another lecture, this is really, really important. And the next, the next day, this is really important. But, but this really is. <laughs> This is really, really important to think properly, to think clearly on the doctrine of justification. It is the doctrine on which the church stands or falls. When, when John Calvin was asked to give reasons for why the Reformation took place, he gave two reasons. The second of those reasons was a proper understanding of justification by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. The first reason Calvin gave for why the Reformation had to take place was the proper worship of God. Perhaps that is a topic for another day. But two reasons Calvin gave, the second of which was a proper understanding of justification. And so this morning, I'm going to use some words that I probably don't normally use in a sermon. I'm going to use words like forensic, words like an alien righteousness, words like imputation. But these are simply the truth of the doctrine that we confess, a doctrine that is so beautifully found in the Word of God. And as a reminder to us that, that an understanding of our salvation is more than just, it's about me and Jesus. He's my BFF, okay? It's about more than that. There's a depth. There's a, there's a riches in looking at the biblical truth of how we are right before God. Uh, that's what we look at this morning. That, that, that we might think clearly, properly, regarding our salvation and our justification. This is a matter, justification, which has been dealt with by a number of churches and a number of synods, including our own, a proper understanding of how we are right before God. This morning, we look at our justification in Christ. And we notice right away what Paul says in verse 19. Now we know that whatever the law says, 
It speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God, for by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight. We are not justified by works of the law. He, he, he finishes this thought, since, he says, through the law comes knowledge of sin. Uh, you remember, perhaps, that the law, uh, God's law, has different functions in the life of his people. One of those functions we already saw this morning, the law is that, is that rule of gratitude God gives to us. Knowing that our sins have been taken away, knowing we've been, we've been washed and cleansed, how now shall we live? And so in our worship service, we read the law of God as a response to what he has done for us. In the Heidelberg Catechism, the law is dealt with in the response section to our salvation. That's one way we understand the law. But the law has another use. We sometimes refer to it as the second use of the law. The law points out our sin, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. The law is that holy, righteous standard by which we will be judged. The law in its perfection is the standard of righteousness. It's very easy for us to compare ourselves not to the law, but to others. Oh, you know, I may not be perfect, but at least I don't do this, which so-and-so does. I, I might not be perfect, but I haven't done that thing. But others are not the standard of righteousness. God's law is the standard of righteousness. And we will all be held accountable to God and to his law. By works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. We cannot keep the law. Unable to meet that holy, righteous standard. Even if we, if we take the law in its narrow form, as it's found for us in Exodus or Deuteronomy, or the broader understanding of law, uh, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, how he gives us the fuller explanation of the law. We simply can't meet the standard of righteousness. We are unable. You know, it, it, it's bad enough that we are fallen and sinful. But if, if we could say, you know, the Bible says if you do these 12 easy steps, all that goes away. There are no 12 easy steps. Our true condition is we are fallen and sinful and in ourselves unable to do anything about it. Through the law comes knowledge of sin. Through the works of the law, no human being will be justified. Now, as we talked about last time, it is by faith, not by works of the law. Faith, that instrument by which we appropriate the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, when our kids were little, and we were catechizing them, teaching them the truths of the faith, um, we would teach them what is necessary for salvation. Faith in Jesus Christ. That's a good answer. And then, you know, me being me, um, I would try to trick them. And I would say, okay, that, that's a good answer, but what's the other thing that's necessary for salvation? And 
you know, when they were little, they'd say, okay, besides faith, uh, going to church, um, uh, learning my catechism, uh, tithing, uh, being obedient to mom and dad, and they would come, up, would come with this whole list of other things necessary to be right before God. Now, as they got older, they realized there is no other thing. When I asked them what is necessary to be right before God, our faith, what else? Nothing else. We are right with God through faith alone. And yet it is so easy for us to fall into that same trap. If I ask you, what is necessary to be right with God? Well, my faith, to believe in Jesus Christ. Okay, but what else? And it's so easy for us to, to revert to a list of do's and don'ts and rights and wrongs, and all of a sudden we find ourselves trapped in this works of the law mentality again. There are no other works. Simply faith in Jesus Christ. That is how we are right before God. And that faith, that faith itself is a gift from God. Verse 21, but now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, though the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift. We are justified by His grace as a gift. We talk about the faith which embraces the finished work of Jesus Christ. That faith itself is a gift. Our justification is not from the law, but it is from God. A gift of His grace. And so when we think of our justification, this, this, this gift of God, I want you to think of three things. Kids, I'm going to give you three words. First, the justification is free. It is free. A free gift of God's grace. God was under no obligation to save us. God didn't owe us anything. He was not indebted to us in any way. The fact that he chose to justify us is a free gift of his grace. We have not earned it. What we have earned from God is condemnation. What we have earned from God is his wrath. What we have earned from God is an eternity away from him. But God freely, as a gracious gift of his love, chooses to justify us in Jesus Christ. We talked last time that faith is not the first good work we have to do. It is simply the instrument that appropriates what Jesus Christ has done. As testified to, our confession says, in David and in Abraham. We saw that last time, Romans chapter 4, both Abraham and David saying the blessedness of those whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Our justification is a free gift of God's grace. Second word, our justification is forensic. Now, forensic, kids, is a word we don't use very often. Forensic has somewhat of a range of meaning. It has, it has to do with 
judicial matters, with law matters. Forensic has to do with a declaration, with a, a, a argumentation. There used to be in high schools forensic clubs, learning how to argue, how to speak, how to debate. Forensic deals with a declaration. We are declared to be not guilty. Our justification is forensic. We are declared to be not guilty. Maybe kids, you've maybe seen uh, uh, TV shows where there's a courtroom scene and there, there's a judge uh, sitting on, on, the, uh, on the bench and, and somebody before him and the evidence is presented and, and the judge uh, takes the gavel and says, you are guilty. That's a, that's a forensic declaration. The amazing thing in our justification it is forensic, it's a declaration, but the declaration is you are not guilty. God declares us to be not guilty, and that declaration is contrary to the facts. We know our sin. We know what we have done. We know we stand justly condemned before God and His law. And yet he makes this forensic declaration contrary to the facts. You are not guilty. How can God do that? Isn't God just? Isn't he righteous? Doesn't he know our sin? How is it that our justification can be forensic, declarative? You are declared not guilty. It's because of the third word I want to give you. Our justification is free. It is forensic. And it is foreign. There is a foreign righteousness given to us. Maybe I should have used the term alien righteousness, but that starts with A, and I wanted to start with F. So free, forensic, and foreign. A righteousness not of my own. A righteousness not from me. A foreign righteousness, an alien righteousness. A righteousness from someone else. Christ's righteousness. Christ's perfection. That is the ground of my justification from God. Not what my hands have done can save my guilty soul. Not what my toiling flesh has borne can make my spirit whole. Not what I feel or do can give me peace with God. Not all my prayers and sighs and tears can bear my awful load. Your grace alone, oh God, can speak to me. The righteousness, the work, of someone else. Someone else who steps in to do what I could not do. Verse 25, Jesus Christ, whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. Jesus Christ, our propitiation, the one who covers over God's wrath. Jesus Christ, our justification given to us by God. The one who comes and and removes all of our sins. The one who, who, who covers over all of the past, who takes that upon himself. You can imagine uh, it's, it's something like, it's something like uh, when you pay a mortgage 
You pay a mortgage regularly every month. Now imagine you get behind a month and then, and then behind another month and then, and then behind another month and the debt keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and finally you're being uh, uh, called into court. You have to pay this. And someone, someone foreign steps in and says, I will pay the debt for them. I will pay the debt for them. Jesus Christ comes in and pays the debt for our sin. And as wonderful as that is, that's not where he ends. He says, not only will I pay the debt for them, but I will pay all future debt for them. And I will give them an unlimited line of credit. My righteousness, my perfection credited to you. A forensic righteousness, foreign righteousness, freely given to us. That's the beauty of our justification in Jesus Christ. That's the call of the gospel once again today. Put your faith, because you can't get it by works, put your faith in the God who has sent his Son to be our justification. Put your faith and hope and trust in him. If you try to do it on your own through the works of the law, no one will be justified. But there is a righteousness apart from law given to us by God in Jesus Christ who not only washes away all of our sins, but who credits us with all of his perfection, all of his righteousness. Put your faith and trust in that Jesus Christ and know the glory of justification. A justification that will, that will then manifest itself uh, in your life. And I'm not gonna talk a lot about this this morning, so that's getting into the next article of the confession. But just, just, to, just this. When we begin to understand what God has done for us in salvation, when we take that diamond and look at all that he has done, all the facets, our, our appreciation for what God has done increases. And as our appreciation increases, our gratitude increases. If we have a vague notion of what God has done for us, we'll have a vague idea of being grateful. But when we can, when we can look at this in all of its beauty, in its intricacy, our appreciation and our gratitude increases. Uh, I am not someone who knows much about art. I'm not an art guy. Uh, I'm one of those guys that says, you know, I don't know much about art, but I know what I like, okay? If it's supposed to look like a horse and it looks like a horse, I like it. That's good art to me. But I had in one of my congregations someone who was an artist. And it was so interesting because, because he could look at a piece of art, which I'd say, oh, that looks nice. And he would say, but look at the line and look at the use of color. Look at the shading. Look at the muted tones over here. And he had this wonderful appreciation for the beauty of this piece of art. He had a greater connection with it than I did. When we begin to look at the intricacy of our salvation, that it's more than just me and Jesus, 
what he has done for us. We have had an atonement made, a sacrificial, a substitutionary atonement. Talked about that a couple weeks ago. That we are justified freely. We are justified forensically. We are justified by a foreign righteousness. Our appreciation grows for what God has done and our thankfulness grows. And we begin in our lives more and more to live in a way that shows that gratitude. A gratitude which will affect every part of our lives. Our justification is connected to how we show love for our spouse out of obedience and thankfulness to God. Our justification is connected to how we raise our children out of obedience and thankfulness to God. Our, our justification is connected to how we spend our recreational time out of obedience and thanksgiving to God. All of our lives reflect this central, this fundamental, this glorious truth, our justification in Jesus Christ. It's a beautiful doctrine, a beautiful reminder in God's word of what he has done for us, that which we did not deserve, that which we did not buy, that which we did not earn, that which was given to us because our God is merciful and gracious and loving. May we, may we embrace even more this glorious truth, embrace Jesus Christ, what he has done, and, and live today and throughout our lives, lives of greater appreciation and greater thanksgiving for our justification in Christ. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, we thank you for the beautiful, glorious truths of your word, what you have done for us in salvation. And, and as, we, as we mine the depths of that glorious truth in this section of the Belgian Confession, help, O oh God, our appreciation for what you have done to grow and help our thanksgiving for what you have done to grow. May we truly leave today with a greater devotion, a greater desire to live in a way that brings honor and glory and praise to you. Hear our prayer, O oh God, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Let's turn to 460 in the Trinity Psalter hymnal. 460. Thy works, not mine, O Christ, speak gladness to this heart. They tell me all is done. They bid my fear depart. To whom save thee, who canst alone for sin atone, Lord, shall I flee. We're going to sing all four verses, number 460. Let's stand together as we sing. <laughs> 